God Conversations with Tanya Harris. So let me ask you that question. What does God sound like? <laughs> well, you know, thunder, lightning. <laughs> Mother Teresa, someone asked her, when does God speak to you? And she said, whenever he wants. So essentially, the, the Bible is a, a collection of God conversations, if you like. I had a vision of a car accident, and I'm sitting on the couch thinking, why have I just seen this? How could I know if God was speaking to me? How could I know that that dream or that thought was actually just me thinking about, oh, I just had some bad pizza? Jesus said we'd recognize his voice and follow him. It was never meant to be a one-way conversation. GodConversations.com Hi, and welcome to episode 27 of the God Conversations podcast. My name is Tanya Harris, and I'm a pastor, speaker, and founder of GodConversations.com. Well, Happy New Year. Welcome to 2016. I realise for some of you, it may be a little bit beyond that now, but hey, I say, let's just keep celebrating. I like this time of the year. I just find it such a, a great time to reflect on all the things that have been passed and, and then things to come as well. Where were you on New Year's Eve? I was up with some friends up in a, at Lake Macquarie, two hours north of Sydney, and we had this tiny little fireworks display uh, on New Year's, which is a little bit smaller than the, the Sydney Harbour equivalent. But, you know, it's just so great to be with family and friends and take some time out just to reflect on all that's been. 2015 was a fabulous year for God Conversations. I personally visited 30 different churches all around the world, which was fabulous. I think the, the best thing about that is hearing the personal testimonies of hearing God speak. But also lots of other good things happened during the year. We launched God Conversations for Women, which is kind of a sub-branch of the ministry, particularly looking at the obstacles and challenges that women face. But um, funnily enough, it was interesting on the on the website and our section for the women, many of the blogs there got the most hits out of, out of the entire year. So that was interesting. Um, the other big thing about 2015 for me was that I started a doctorate looking at people's experiences in hearing God's voice, a doctor of ministry it will be. It will take me three years to do. So lots of uh, new stretching in those areas. In fact, I often joke to my friends, I, I thought that I had a relatively decent level of intelligence until I started my doctorate when I found myself reading articles where I knew absolutely had no idea what they were talking about. So, but as I said, a good stretching experience. And we're really praying that God will use that study to reach churches all over the world and help pastors and leaders, particularly to facilitate uh, hearing God's voice in their churches. So 2016 beckons. But that's not what I want to talk about today. I just want to thank you, my podcast listeners and blog subscribers, for all your support in 2015. It's just so great to receive words of encouragement, your emails and testimonies. And every time you share a Facebook post or retweet a tweet on Twitter, we really appreciate your support because our heart is to get this message out there to the people who really want to know what God's voice sounds like. So thank you to you. Thank you for being such a great support in this ministry. So let's have a think about the topic of this podcast. You know, 2015, like the year before, was full of bad news, you know, particularly coming out of the Middle East. So many horrific accounts of persecution in that area. We, we saw that 
terrible stream of news coming out of Syria with the refugees. We we heard about earthquakes. We heard about shootings in Paris and Beirut terrorist attacks in places that we wouldn't expect. And just this very difficult stream of news. And I don't know about you, but we find ourselves in our lounge room, sitting on the couch, perhaps watching the TV and feeling very powerless. And what are we supposed to do? How do we respond? How do we respond as Christians? And, and what is God saying in the midst of global chaos? What is he saying in the midst of this terror that's that's affecting our world. So what I want to do today is share an interview with you. Just before Christmas, I spoke to John Peachy at Rema New Zealand on the morning show, and we talked about this topic. We talked about what God is saying using what he already said. See, the times that we experience today are not that dissimilar from the first century. The Christians then were under threat of, of brutal attacks in the same way many of the people in the Middle East are today. So we're going to look at what Jesus said, what God said in the midst of that situation. We're going to bring it back to our own personal response and what is God saying to us. So today, here's podcast 27, Hearing God in the Global Chaos. I hope that it blesses you. This is Rima and uh, I'm John Peachy and it's a great privilege to have on the phone with me uh, a lady whose voice you all know, uh, Tanya Harris from God Conversations. Of course, she contributes on a regular basis to our program in those wonderful God spots. Tanya, how are you doing? I'm doing great, John. Hello from across the Tasman. Indeed, and Aussie's all well today, I hope. Yeah, she's doing great. Actually, I was in your country a couple of weeks ago, so exploring some of the South Island, it was fantastic. And when you, I feel when you, like a distant cousin. That's right. Yes, crazy cousin Tanya from across the ditch. Mm-hmm. And were you you were on a speaking tour here? Yeah, I was. Um, a number of churches in the south uh, Southland region, which was fantastic. But um, I dragged my host up to the Kepler track as well, so I got a bit of a taste of your country. I loved it. Well, good on <laughs> you. Wonderful down that corner of the world. Hello, anyone who's listening down that way. I'm sure we've just opened up some new stations down that way, so I'm sure that people will be uh, will be listening. And, and look, I appreciate you joining me today because I, I wanted to talk to you because some of the conversations that I'm reading around the place on Christian blogs and in Facebook and so forth, you know, the, the fount of all knowledge in Facebook, uh, there are some people who are who are wringing their hands a little bit in terms of the current news environment, the things that are going on in Syria, the things that are going on mm-hmm. with shootings in Paris and in the US. It could easily be a time where where people of faith start to lose their head a little bit in terms of what is God doing? How am I hearing from God in the midst of turmoil and difficult circumstances? So I thought, seeing as you you speak and you research and you love you love the topic of conversations with God, I thought we'd ask you to maybe tell us what you're thinking at the moment. Yeah, it is. It's a difficult time, isn't it? So much happening in the world at the moment. Well, I, I want to draw on a God conversation that took place back in the first century. How does that sound? It sounds good to me. <laughs> you know, we're coming up to Christmas and I was thinking about that Christmas carol, always, you know, silent night, always calm and always bright. And we love Christmas because it has this sense of peace and calmness. But if we look back at the first century, there was a lot of turmoil going on for the Christians back then as well. So, you know, uh, the, the Christmas message is a Christmas of peace and of goodwill, but it came amongst incredible uh, national turmoil in the first century with the Roman Empire the way it was. So I, I love drawing on the God conversations on the past in order to understand what God's saying to us in the future. So is that okay? Can we sort of talk about that, what was going uh, I, on then? I think we can. And as you say, the first century, I mean, there was plenty of turmoil going on. So, so a very good place to start, I think. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, particularly, I think, with some of the faces of evil that we're seeing today, probably more than ever before, just becoming very brutal, The some of the things happening in the Middle East. But um, the, the first century, I think, with the, the Jewish people and then the early church was faced with some of the turmoil of the Roman Empire. They were quite a brutal government, particularly towards the end of the first century. This is a time when, when Christians began to get persecuted. I think we have this this picture that we don't always see clearly. We we get the stories of Jesus and the and the early church, but it was against a backdrop where the Romans at different times started to persecute the church. And the church is faced with this situation, well, what do we do about it? You know, we hear stories of, of beheadings and shootings and terrorism today. But that was also you know, that sort of thing was becoming more prevalent at the end of the first century with the Romans um, doing public crucifixions and, you know, some of the gladiator stories that we see on our movie screens, that was certainly around then. And uh, the book of um, Revelation is it was a book that was spoken to that time. I don't know if you've read it lately, John. No, well, I, no I've, I read bits and pieces, but not read, it, not read it in its entirety recently, no. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's one of those books that's a little bit out there. And uh, I often say it looks. I think Tolkien got his inspiration from the book. No, absolutely. Because <laughs> it has a, just an amazing variety of images, and it's a certain type of genre in the Bible. But actually, it has a really powerful message to what the Spirit was saying to those seven churches in Asia Minor that were also facing persecution. And I think perhaps you know we live in Western countries where these things aren't happening, but the news is bringing it closer to us but uh, the seven churches there were facing possible martyrdom and in the midst of that God comes and speaks by his spirit to the apostle John and um, he gives them a message that that tells them basically keep following Jesus keep following the ways of Jesus you get this amazing um, scene in Revelation chapter 5 of the throne room of God and you know the government of the kingdom sitting around saying who's worthy to open this this document and this, this key to the kingdom. And then the scene that happens is you get this lamb, this sacrificial lamb that walks in uh, and it's a lamb that's been slain and it, it's an unusual lamb because it's got seven horns and seven eyes and it, you see this lovely symbolism of strength and a vision. And I think God's saying what you need to do in the midst of turmoil, what you need to do in the midst of um, global crisis when evil is coming at you and, and touching you personally is to really look to the example of Jesus and follow the way of Jesus. And then we have to ask ourselves, well, what is that way? How did Jesus conquer evil? How did Jesus conquer instability? And what he did ultimately was he gave his life. He he, he said, greater love has no one that he sacrifices his life, lays down his life. And, and, the, and the core of the Christian message is to love, is to follow the way of Jesus, even in the midst of turmoil. I think that's the, the kingdom idea that we see, that, that God's kingdom is an upside-down kingdom. It, it's opposite. Love overcomes evil. So, you know, in our personal attitudes, to some of the issues that we're facing today, I think that's the bottom line. Before we even start talking about political strategy or when we start talking about what the what government should be doing, the, the, the heart of the Christian has to emulate the heart of Jesus mm. in the midst of these situations. You know, when we look at Christmas time, we see you know, a baby being born, a, a, a baby in a manger, this quiet scene. It's not a king coming on a you know on his throne with all the power at his hands, but he, it's, it's a baby. And what we see in, in Revelation, it's a, it's a lamb, one who gives, one who loves. 
and one who shows us what the way of God and the heart of God is, even in the face of evil. So that's bottom line before we even go any further. How well, does that sound? Yeah, well, like I think I think that's fantastic because I, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking about. Uh, two things. One is that, that a lot of people are personally touched now by some of these events that are going on in the world. I mean, the Paris attacks. Mm. I talked to people who, one person I talked to uh, who was a, a connection of a connection, you know, within those sort of degrees of separation, lived 30, yeah. me- 30 metres from one of the shootings. They, they live right there. So we're, we're in touch with that. But, I, you know, this term radicalisation, of course, is rising all the time. And I agree with you. I mean, I think when we deal with radicalization on one side of the equation, our answer is radicalization on the other in terms of yes. Jesus' message was a radical message. Love your yes. enemies. Love yes. those who persecute you. That, that's a crazy message. But yet, yes. it's, but yet it's the answer, isn't it? Yeah, it's foolishness. You know, Paul talks about it's foolishness. The gospel is foolishness. And I think we, we tend to lose that. We're so used to this message of Jesus on the cross. But it's scandalous. It cuts against the grain. And I think, you know, even at a really personal level, when we're dealing with interpersonal conflict, where someone is being hateful towards us, it cuts right into that situation. Well, how do I retaliate? What do I do? I show grace. I show love. And it's counter to the human nature. And this is where the cross comes in, I I think. So, you know, before, as I said, before we even look at the big scale issues, the heart of the Christian has to sit and and, and stand before God and say, if I have the spirit of Jesus operating in me, I need to look at what that means for loving in the face of evil because it's love that overcomes. It's love that breaks the power of the enemy and again back to the christmas scene you know in revelation chapter 12 it kind of gives us this um, behind the scenes look that's what revelation does it's like a a peek behind the theatrical curtain what's going on behind the scenes in the spiritual realm and you see this image of this pregnant woman giving birth and the enemy standing over her in in the shape of a dragon again it's very symbolic but that his war breaks out in the heavenlies <laughs> and, and it's a war against good and evil. And Jesus comes to show us this is how you overcome personally in your life. This is how you defeat the kingdom of the world. Isn't this is how it, yeah. God's kingdom operates. Isn't it interesting that, you know, we sometimes in the midst of practical turmoil, if I can put it that way, where, where people mm. are being unkind to you or, or situations are, are not looking great, we, we can forget that, of course, we're, we fight not against the powers of this world, but, but against the yeah. powers of darkness, against spiritual spiritual forces. We're reminded of that. Yes. Paul, Paul reminds us of that. And yes. uh, so we can't forget yep. that. Yeah. No, yeah, and I th- it, does, yeah. it does cut down to a personal level. It's not about pointing our fingers at what other people are doing. It says, what am I doing? Oh, ouch. Yes, that's right. <laughs> No, I'm starting to preach, Don. Look what you. <laughs> but it's me. it's right, isn't it? I mean, and I think I think it's relevant to say that you know amongst uh, amongst the big the big of what's going on, the the huge, the broad, that it, it does come back. You know, and I think this is the wonderful message of the gospel. Every time we've got to draw it back into, okay, what is my response? How do yes. I love that person? How do I love that situation? And I, I yes. don't know how to respond to a group of terrorists with automatic weapons that kill people in France. I don't yep. know what my response yep. to that is, apart from all I can respond to in one respect is, and, I, and, and this is probably controversial to say it, but those those people that committed those acts are somebody's son, someone's daughter, someone's grandchildren, mm. who have been, mm. th- their minds have been taken over by somebody else's intention, 
Uh, and all I can do is pray for those families because uh, yes. while there are grieving going on, and rightly so for those that have been killed, there's grieving going on by the grandparents and the uncles and aunties of those people who must be just devastated by their relatives creating this harm. Yeah. So I yeah, th- exactly. we've got to bring it, yeah we've got to bring it back to those really individual individualist um, individual responses, don't we? Yeah, I think so, and understand what's going on behind the scenes too for those people. I read an article recently that was talking about some of the villages in the Middle East where these terrorist cells are developing, and they're getting people where they're young, they're uneducated, they they they're brainwashed, if you like, and there's the power of that culture developing and what does it mean to help this situation what does it mean now and it's obviously a very complex issue and i don't you know no well i mean just yeah i don't have any solution quick easy solutions for it but i think that again we we must look at the example in the heart of jesus as christians before we even start that conversation yeah absolutely Um, no i totally agree and that's what i think is missing sometimes yeah no i think i think you're right i think that's um Controversial subjects that you're getting into, but I think that's abs- I think you're absolutely right, and 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 we unfortunately we're not aloof from it because even in your own country, in the last you know couple of days, people arrested, fifteen year olds arrested for terror plots. I mean, yes. man, man, it's it's yes. it's close to home, Tanya, isn't it? Yeah, and this kind of thing that's developing against Muslims is hatred and this protesting, and and you know it's just it's so unChrist-like. I. I I see Christians engaging in that, and this is where I think this is a problem because, again, what's the heart of Jesus in this situation? How does God feel? And, and you know, the Spirit is at work in the Middle East. There's so many stories. You may have heard them, John, coming out of, of leading terrorists and people within that world having visions of Jesus in their dreams and getting converted. And we look at, again, can I back to the book of Revelation where you've got that scene of the prayers of the saints as incense going up to heaven and coming back down as powerful thunder and lightning. And, I, you know, our prayers in that situation, the weapons of our warfare, which are not carnal, they're, they're spiritual, our prayers have effect to make a difference. And But we can't always see them. But behind the scenes, they're certainly having powerful effects. So we need to keep praying. We need to actually pray into those. Every time we hear a situation, a news report, uh, something that's going on, pray, pray. You know, use the weapons that we have available to us as Christians. We can be a, an incredibly strong fighting force, and our and our prayers make a difference. Yeah, and, and I think people. and I think you make a really good point. The spirit of God is active in the Middle East. It's not like God's gone. Oh well, I'll draw I'll draw a red circle around that one on the map, and I won't go there. Yeah, it's not true. Yeah. Is that the God, the spirit of God is is at work? For the sake of the kingdom in in the Middle East, and we do need to remember that that sometimes it can feel like where is God in the midst of it. But as you say, I mean, one of the beautiful things is that is that is that Jesus is appearing to the Muslim population, yeah. sovereignly appearing. Uh, in fact, this the story of the man in white in people's dreams is just happening everywhere. It's everywhere, isn't it? I read a re- story recently in a book called Dreams and Visions and uh, by Tom Doyle, and it had a woman who was on pilgrimage to Mecca. And if you know Mecca is the, the city in Saudi Arabia where no one else is allowed to go unless you're a Muslim. And so you can't ex- actually have Christians in that city. And she's on pilgrimage, that annual um, pilgrim- pilgrimage that Muslims are required to take once in their lifetime. And so she's going through all the rituals and then she goes to bed at night and Jesus appears to her. And I think that is just awesome because Jesus got through passport control in the way no Christian <laughs> could, you know. That's right. Yeah, and, and there's stories like that 
that are coming out, repu- you know, well, um, well-recorded stories. We're not talking about um, lovely things that someone made up, but actually legitimate accounts of, of God working in people's lives. And that's why, man, we need to be praying so that God can go into those places where we can't and where violence, you know, is not the answer, I don't believe. So let's believe that God's spirit is more powerful than evil and more powerful than violence and that Jesus shows us the way for what to do in tumultuous situations like these. Look, absolutely. My guest on the phone from Australia, Tanya Harris, and again, her voice will be familiar to you uh, for God Conversations, and it's godconversations.com. Let's take a short break. We'll come back, and I just want to continue the conversation because I think it's a great conversation in the midst of of difficult world times. but I, I love the fact that we're relating this back to, to Jesus and what would Jesus do in, in these situations. This is Rima, I'm John Peachy, back in just a moment. Have you ever heard one of those stories about someone who thought they heard from God, but they actually didn't? Then there's all the damage and fallout that goes with it. We know that God speaks, but how do we know it's His voice we're hearing and not something we made up ourselves? The good news is that Jesus promised His people we'd be able to know His voice and follow it. Just like the Bible characters who've gone before us, we can learn to recognise His voice. The Other Side of the Conversation series is designed to take you step by step through the biblical teaching on hearing God's voice, as well as plenty of practical tips that you can apply in the context of your local church. We've worked really hard to create an excellent resource that has been used in churches all around the world and has the potential to change your life. The box set includes a documentary-style DVD with six 15-minute episodes, plus a guidebook for individual or small group use. You can buy it online from Curon Books in Australia, Manor in New Zealand, or at the godconversations.com store. Remember, the ability to hear God's voice is given to everyone who chooses to follow Jesus. It was never meant to be a one-way conversation. Well, this is Rima. I'm John Peachy on the phone with me. Uh, the lovely Tanya Harris, godconversations.com, out of Australia, and a special, special dispensation to talk to Australia today, so they've opened the... Uh, Electronic borders, <laughs> and uh, no, we'll let the Kiwis in. Let the Kiwis in. I know. Don't put us in Christmas Island, though. That's the trouble. That's uh, locking us no, up in no. foreign places. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah. Hey, so good. So I love this thinking around you know relating everything back to what would Jesus do, uh, and yes, I don't like those bracelets WWJD, but I do like the co- I do like the thought oh, of, of what what would Jesus do. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. it is. I think that, you know, and we talk about having a God conversation and what would Jesus say in this situation? And we've got that lovely testimony of what he's already said in the midst of global chaos. And I think that's a standard for us, isn't it? Yes, I think you're right. Yeah, And and it's important to remember that God has, you know, Jesus has already spoken into this situation, if you like, uh, and his word is there very clear for us to understand. So uh, the whole the whole concept of what was happening in the in the in the church in the first century AD in terms of persecution. So what we're experiencing, although unfortunately because of social media and the media in general, we're seeing it in graphic colour. Yes, we. But but, yes, it's, we but are. yeah, but it's not it's not unusual. I mean, persecution has been around since the days of well, since Saul who became Paul was instigating the persecution. 
Yeah, and in, that's exactly right. But the interesting thing is, again, if we look back into the book of Revelation, what we see is that, you know, the churches then were facing a similar situation. What do we do with a brutal empire that's coming against us? And we ask that question, what do we do with terrorism coming against us? What's going on? And the first thing that God says in the midst of that situation is, this is a spiritual battle. There are things going on behind the scenes as well. So the way to overcome it is using God's spiritual weapons, not our not our natural weapons, and not the natural human ways that we establish kingdom and empire. Could I say it that way? Because you've got a kind of like the human kingdom and then the spiritual kingdom. And he, you know, the spirit of Jesus in Revelation keeps calling us back to the to the the kingdom mindedness of Jesus, which says that love overcomes evil and the beautiful thing about it is that you also see in that book is that um the saints are portrayed as wearing righteous white robes they've been dipped in blood symbolizing their salvation but it's the righteous acts of the saints so the things that jesus did so he preached the good news of the kingdom but he also loved those who were hated he lifted up the poor he set the captive free um, he bathed the wounds, he touched the lepers of people and he made um, a difference in people's lives by their actions and you see that in the early church. They they didn't have a platform, they didn't have a TV show, they didn't have a radio program but the Roman Empire eventually noticed that this is what the early church did. They were known for their love that they had for each other and they, they were the ones who, when the plagues hit, when the sickness came, they were the ones who went out and tended them. They They, they touched the leper. They lifted up the poor. They did the things that Jesus did. And that's what got the attention of the Roman Empire. That's what built the church. That's what made them strong. And, you know, it's it, it's difficult to do. It's not easy to do. It's, it's counterintuitive, I think, for the human. But that's what it means to live. God's ways and not our own. Yeah, and I, I think that's I, I think it's good to highlight that that it is counterintuitive. It's the way that we've been raised. I mean, not in the church necessarily, but 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 by culture as a very individualistic society. Yeah. It's how can I climb to the top of the pile? How can I build my wealth, my brand, yes. my name? And Jesus, yes. Jesus goes, you know what? If if you want to be all those things, here's what you got to do: turn the pyramid yes. upside down and serve everybody else, love everybody else. Yes. It is, yes. you know, it's it's a fantastic message, but it is it's a countercultural. It's a kind of like, oh, huh, how does that work? Kind of, kind of, yes. kind of message. Tony Campolo called it the upside down kingdom. I think it was. Yes, that's a great way of looking at it. Yeah, the upside down kingdom. Yeah, yeah. But the outcome is that at the end of the day, God's kingdom wins, and I think you know, I think we see it in our own lives, just as we interact with people when i when someone accuses me and i accuse them back when someone insults me and i insult them back then it just continues to build and the cycle is never broken but um when i you know someone says a bad word to me i counter it with a loving kind word or a gracious word and it it, it stops it it overcomes it and so the same principle yeah. holds here well, well it's, a, it's a sort of message that we want to tell the children in our society is you know is to turn the other cheek when someone's unkind to you you know repay them with kindness and sometimes yeah. that cannot feel like a great message for our kids because it is—it's it's unusual, it's countercultural. But but the kingdom is upside down, and that is exactly what we need to do. See, I often say to people, if you're having trouble with someone, just pray for them, ask God to bless them, and, and what will happen is your heart will change. Yes. And, and even with terrorists, I mean, dare I say it, with the you know with these terrorists, I mean, 
pray a blessing on them. Pray God, you know, let, yeah. let your spirit meet them. Let them let them run headlong into the love of yeah. Jesus. Because yeah. because I look at it like this, Tanya, that the people who don't know Jesus, they still live in the same loss that we were in. They still live in this tension of between the kingdom is here but not here. You know, some have met him, some haven't met him yet. Some have come to revelation of who Jesus is and some haven't. And they just yeah. fall into the haven't category. But they're all trying to fill their, fill their void. And, and I believe this passionate. People are just trying to fill their void with whatever they can fill it with so they don't feel the loss that they feel. And of course, that loss goes back to the Garden of Eden. It goes back to... Yeah. Father God, Dad was walking in the garden, and then it all got screwed up. You know, yeah, and, and yeah. That, isn't that isn't that right? Isn't that what we're trying to do? We're just trying to get back to that point in the garden where I'm walking with my Father. He knows me, and I know Him, and all is well. Absolutely, and we as Christians know what it is to experience grace. So we should be the ones who are the givers of great grace. Yeah, John, I read an article recently that was, I think it was a piece of research coming out of the States, just how Christians were known for their judgmentalism. And it distressed me because how did we get to be in that place where we've been receivers of grace, therefore we need to be dispensers of grace. And whether I agree with someone about their philosophical perspective or even their, their religion, you can still have discernment and disagreement, but the idea is to be able to show great grace. That's what Christian being a Christian is all about. We should be known for our grace and our love. That's what Jesus said. We will be known for that. So, you know, again, it cuts down to the bottom. Uh, what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to follow Jesus? It means to live like he did. It means to act like he did. It means to speak like he did. And I think that applies to our personal situations and, and the global situation as well. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And, and, and how we got this reputation has been critical. I, I don't know because the... Yeah, the, the the primary message of of the gospel is that you know I, you're forgiven and you need to forgive others and and and, and embrace the grace that's been given you and it's mm. so we that's you know right. I, I think we we need to look at ourselves sometimes in that in that regard and and if we if we embrace the loving our enemies which is such a strange thing, I know yeah. but if we yeah. embrace that you know God is saying that people will just know they'll just know there's a difference going on. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. Preach it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're the eye turn. You're the- now, to, now to actually go and do it, John, this is the tough part. Wow, that's the hard part, isn't it? That's right. It's always <laughs> the hard part. But, you know, Jesus knew that, and I think and I think that's why the Spirit of God is so gentle with us is because he... He knows that that it's a it's a tough it's a tough gig. I mean, when you're God, you can love everybody, but when you're not, you know, when you're God with a little G, you know, carrying God around inside of you, it's not such an easy thing. And, 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 yes, yes. But but we're given we're given grace for grace. I think if I can put it that way, I think that's the key. Yeah. And, and having the spirit in our lives makes a big difference. You know, uh, in talking to people about how to hear God's voice, often I say to people, you know. People are struggling. I want to hear God speaking to me. And often the case is we've actually heard him speak, but we haven't heard him say what we want him to say. <laughs> He's talking to us about our attitude, our unforgiveness, or our, you know, our our hatred towards someone. And we're like, no, no, but actually that's the Spirit of God speaking to us. Yeah, so <laughs> now, now you're in dodgy call. dodgy territory now. That's right. <laughs> but you're quite you're quite right. I think I think sometimes we want to hear great revelation when the Spirit of God is saying, you know what? Yeah. That person that you dislike at work, you need to get you need to get over that one that's right go yeah. and make them a cup of coffee yeah go and buy them lunch that's right. yeah 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 there we go 
Oh, absolutely. Counterintuitive, yes. Well, I think, look, I think, it's, I think it's a great conversation and I appreciate you talking to us today because, I, you know, I, I, think, I think in the midst of trouble, we just need to remember the basics and that actually yes. God has got it covered. He didn't, he didn't go, yes. oh, no, I don't know what's going to happen when ISIS rise up. I have no idea what I'm going to do now. You know, he, yeah. that's, not, that's not who God is. He, 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 goes, yeah. he goes, business as usual, business as usual. And, and, and there is victory, and God wins regardless. And I think that's always the hope that we have is that the book has been written, the end of the story has been declared, God wins, I and know. we're on the winning side. So, but we do need to play by his rules. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's true, actually. We do need to play by his rules. But you, yeah, you've got an unfair advantage. You've read the you've read the end of the book, so you know what yeah, happens. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, look, I think I think it's fantastic. Great to chat with you, John. Well, Tanya Harris and God conversation. It's it's always a pleasure. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast by Tanya Harris. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this topic. So post your comments on the blog page of GodConversations.com or at Facebook.com forward slash Tanya M Harris. Help us to equip others to recognize God's voice by rating the series on iTunes. Remember, Jesus said we would know his voice. It was never meant to be a one-way conversation.